This is a shock podcast. Shock. A rock star's guide surviving the Malaysian music industry. Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Rockstar's Guide to Surviving the Malaysian Music Industry. Today is a very very special episode. We have a very special guest, but I will just first introduce myself. My name is Darren from the band and Honest Mistake and this podcast is meant to help you guys as new artists or if you're an artist that, you know, you have been in the scene for a while, but maybe you want to improve or up your game and um, you know, these are things that I'm going to share and tips that I'm going to share from experience because I'm not perfect either and I made a ton of mistakes and it took me a long time to, you know, learn all these things the hard way so you guys by listening to this podcast you don't have to go through the mistakes and you know make the same mistakes that i did but i've got a very special friend with me today he is one of the main guys in the singapore music scene and he has been in the industry for a very very long time he's worked with big names he does artist services artist management all kinds of stuff music marketing and a lot of the things that i do now are things that i've learned from him so i would still say that he is is my mentor so he's here in KL and I just had to get him onto the podcast again because in the last season he was on here but this time round this is episode number 19 and we're going to talk about some things that is a little bit controversial to a certain extent you know but I just want to pick his brain and also help you guys understand you know what truly goes on behind the scenes so uh, I'm going to bring him on right now make some noise for Dex Wong hey Darren hi everybody yeah man so <laughs> Dex is um, you know an amazing guy and um, today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic it's um, called the motivation of organizing a show so <laughs> I've organized a couple of shows uh, in, in my life you know and that was kind of how I got things started and we did a lot of tours together. yeah yeah quite a few actually right yeah. so I think the the topic is pretty much just that you know motivation for organizing shows let's start with you la. I, I don't okay, want to talk sure. so much okay but it's all, sure. all you oh uh, yeah okay yeah yeah so <laughs> well, okay. I'll try I'll try okay yeah. I'm not really a, a talker as you know maybe maybe just walk people through like how you got started with organizing events and how, how you got involved with the industry oh okay well to cut the long story short I think one of the first major events that I got involved with was Beats in Singapore, the festival, mm. Alternative Music Festival. I think everybody knows uh, what Beats is. I was, you know, helping out, I think on stage, I believe, uh, just as a crew member. And then they moved me to helping out with local artists, like, you know, getting them to soundcheck, you know, making sure they were there, making sure they, 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 they were comfortable, making sure they were prepared for showtime and you know, all that kind of stuff. So I didn't know them, but that, that was like basically a role for artist liaison officer. And then from there on, I they started pushing me to take care of more artists and then taking care of Malaysian artists. Mm-hmm. A lot of things were, uh, you know, were, were happening concurrently. Basically, I think uh, I was also involved in a label called Wing Me Up Music and, you know, it was one of the first few interns there charge of, like, you know, understanding. I think back then, uh, the roster was quite big already, if I'm not wrong. It's It's been a while. I can't remember all of it. But yeah, so Beats was one of the major events that I was involved in. And then, a couple of years later, after coming back from university, I worked in Skate 
decade doing the music programs there and that was when I really cut my teeth doing the events and you know because I, my, my, my department was in charge of really just running the calendar of events at the youth centre mm. and uh, basically organising different events of different sizes or in my case shows we had like indoor venue that had like 300 people they could fit 300 people we had an outdoor venue that was like a thousand and then we had a small space called the I wouldn't say small but it was a 600-800 capacity indoor place called the warehouse back then now it's mm. called the ground theatre if I'm not wrong so yeah I think I was the first few couple of people that was strategizing and organizing trying to put content music content into those venues right right yeah so okay for those of you who don't know what Beats is Beats is a regional festival it's a southeast asian music festival hosted in singapore usually it's uh, july to august period you yeah. know malaysian bands would go and play bands like love me butch you know yeah. my, my band as well we played in 2010 you know kyoto protocol a bunch of malaysian artists like couple and all that they've played before and then we've got singaporean artists tons of them and then we've got indonesian and artists from the philippines and then every now and then we would get like artists from Hong Kong and Japan and Korea and stuff like that so yeah so basically it's like a regional festival it's free for all it's at the Esplanade in Singapore yeah. where City Hall MRT is at basically it, it's a regional festival and it's a really cool festival for you guys to go to there's actually a MRT station called Esplanade now oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah And uh, Scape is Is basically like A youth centre You know It's like What we had with I Am For You You know Like we had the Rakan Muda You know Space Now obviously It's by Rakita You know And it's uh, called Space Rubik's You know There's a basketball court You know And and there's like The radio station Is obviously there There are meeting rooms And event halls So that's essentially What Scape is But they also had The skate park right Yeah the skate park Was just like Constantly packed Every weekend Because it was it, uh, Within the summer state area And all the skaters were there la, you know and all the gra- we had a wall as well which all the graffiti guys graph yeah. guys were like just so what happens is they'll spray over and then the next week they'll spray over or yeah. if, if, there were, if there was a campaign by uh, I think Green Day did a campaign Warner Music did a campaign and then I think that time I was managing the venue I think they got some of the graph guys to do some Green Day stuff over right, it's right, pretty cool right. la, it's pretty cool yeah. yeah cool so you got started in Babies and then moving on to Scape yeah. you know? so you you dealt a lot with local and yeah. regional artists yeah. la, right uh, actually a lot of us were really looking at what Esplanade was doing because Esplanade was the standard. Before Esplanade, it was substation. A substation uh, for everyone listening is the arts place located just around the city hall area in Singapore further down uh, but it used to be a small venue which uh, of about 500. It was an outdoor venue but the word substation will bring to mind a lot of bands in the 90s. Right. So to the early 2000s before Esplanade's Babies took over. Okay. So the substation was the doyen of venues back in the past. Mm. Everybody who's everybody from indie punk metal would have played there before. Yeah. So before Babies, before Esplanade, that was the place to be at. Yeah. Uh, to play at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, what was the question? Yeah, <laughs> no, there was no question. Yeah. But yeah, so, so Babies, you know, all kinds of genres, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like there, there are three stages, you know, there's the outdoor stage where it's mostly like more of the post-rock stuff, yeah, more yeah. of the indie stuff. And then there's the, the main stage, Powerhouse stage, which is, you know, where all the heavy bands play. Yeah. And then you have like the indoor stage, yeah. which is the more singer-songwriter, yeah. electronic sounds, you know. So it was, it, it's, it's really cool, you know. So if you guys are listening right now you know if you have the opportunity to go to Singapore definitely go and enjoy it and discover it so I played this festival uh, in 2010 but I went a year ahead and I think I've said this before you know I had to do my groundwork in 2009 Mm. and I met people and 
blindly you know and i just went blindly and that's kind of how the doorway to the region opened for me because everybody from all these different yeah. countries in in the region they were all there you know so that's how i kind of like met all these people i just want to connect to what i said just now because i i think i left it open yes so as mentioned we were the scape organization was quite new it was initiated by the national youth council and the government basically they wanted to initiate this growth this youth movement right mm. and they wanted to encapsulate it within a venue as well so yeah. those that were hired in the early days me included we found that uh, what Espen was doing for the arts mm. was very good mm. it was very uh, I wouldn't say yeah at that time it was very groundbreaking because you know when baby started nobody knew what yeah. <laughs> like 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 we didn't we didn't know that it was going to be this huge festival that, that would be branded and it would continue year after year after year yeah. it would grow and grow and grow right yeah so by the time I was escaped already it was I, I started in 2008 it was already in you know uh, how many installments what 7 6, 7 already so yeah. it had grown to this monstrosity of a festival so after seeing that we were like how can we do something similar here and grow communities uh? yeah so basically I, I, I got what I learned I took whatever I learned from being involved in Baybeats with me and Music Rockstar Collective all these guys and tried to do something in Scape uh. that was when I started also bringing in regional artists bringing in Australia and bringing in Filipino bringing in I think New Zealand acts as well and the good thing about it was there was a bit of a road bump in that sense because I had to speak to you know the guys in the office and tell them what I was trying to do yeah. and you know trying to make them understand my purpose and my ethos behind what I was trying to do and the reasoning behind it yeah and so, I sorry think, let me let me yeah. cut you off about yeah. what is it that you were trying to do well Basically, I was basically trying to immigrate the music community in Singapore. Basically, my job there was to, you know, get programs going and, you know, get this flow of talent through skill yeah. as well because that's the point whereby you start understanding what you're good at and what you're not and just trying to basically grow arts or grow music, right? Right. So, we had a semblance of a studio. We had a couple of good venues. So, I felt that we could do something. Yeah. So, during my time at Escape, I, I was basically in charge of like creating ticketed events, non-ticketed events, mm. panels. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so all of which you know will come to the development of the arts yeah. and music, obviously, yeah. and so that and trying to cross over to different markets and bringing those artists, you know, yeah. to Singapore, yeah. where everybody would meet, lah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think the one major event I did was uh, there was this brand already existing prior, like the first iteration of Skate. wasn't even a venue. It was just this movement, right? Mm. And they had this brand called Weekend Trip. Mm. So they were like, hey, Dex, uh, my management was like, hey, Dex, can you do something different Weekend Trip and and really make it a banger? You know, like do mm. something really nice with it and... Then I was thinking, we sat down and we thought, hey, why don't we make Weekend Trip into a three-day thing? Mm. Even though we're not as big, we don't have as, as huge venues as Esplanade, let's try to utilize all the venues that we have and try to do something in all the venues that we had, mm. right? Mm. So we had this space called The Lab, which was like 300. So we used that space for singer-songwriter type stuff and also metal. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the afternoons, we would do panels and we get like really like what we're doing now. We'll get like, you know, people from the scene, like producers, managers, Actually back then There were not many managers But they had a few um, You know People in the industry Venue owners We would sit down And we would just moderate chats mm. That was the beginning anyway And then outside We had more of the Loud rock You know Pop acts And stuff like that So And then the studio We had Studio courses And stuff So this would happen Over in 2009 Over a 3 day period Yeah Right And then we had Australian Act Closure in Moscow Come in Yeah Yeah it was quite funny We had uh, They would kill us all As well mm. And 
fast pitch performed as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, it was quite quite interesting. It was a mini baby, they see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so fast pitch is is from Cebu, yeah. from Philippines. Yeah, and obviously they will kill us all. Yeah. is you know from Malaysia. Yeah, and Calvary yeah. Moscow is from Australia. Yeah, Australia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So yeah, I think from that point of view, it was really about to 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 really incentivize the music industry or the music scene there because all the shows were free. Yeah, I mean the youth park was synonymous with the rowdy crowd back then. So yeah. there's this whole underlying current of oh, you know, the youth park is very rebellious. It was quite a well attended event. Mm. Uh, we had lots to learn because obviously there mm. were it's one of the first few things that we were doing. We didn't have we we could have done a bit more of security. There were a lot of learning points basically. Right. A right. lot of learning points we came out with because we thought we knew, but yeah, it was particularly good for me as well because after that I had my mentality about organizing shows just changed and I knew what to look out for I knew what I shouldn't do what I should do way in advance you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah okay cool so the motivation for organizing shows you know in the beginning or yeah, in the early yeah, years you yeah. know it was all about arts you yeah, know it's yeah. about developing yeah. the scene developing yeah. the culture yeah, yeah. developing artists yeah. creating platforms yeah, yeah, for people yeah, yeah. you know because like with all the weekend shows yeah, and you know yeah. all the different um, spaces that's available at Scape you yeah. know, and of course with babies you know it's really to harness talent lah. yeah so that's why in this in this podcast you know especially this episode I really wanted to find out you know because of late you know there are tons of gigs happening in KL you know or at least in, yeah. in Malaysia yeah. but there are not only myself you know as an artist I'm starting to feel it you know but other artists have also felt it you yeah. know, and we've discussed it you know and even attendees are saying oh you know how come all these shows all the same artists all the time so that brought me to this question of why are these organizers organizing gigs with the same artists all the time you mm. know is it because they don't know other artists is it because they only see value in certain kind of artists you know certain kinds of artists or is it because they just want to make money you know, I say, okay lah, I just book all these same acts, you know, because they are popular and I don't care about the industry. I'm going to make money anyway. Mm. So that's the thing that, you know, the question that brought me to where we are now, yeah. you know, discussing this topic, you know. So your motivation in the beginning, you know, obviously as an, as, as an organizer, you know, festival organizer, it's to help the arts, right? Yeah. But you've also done many ticketed shows yes. later on, yes. you know, in your career. Yeah. And, you know, you've brought artists on tour and all that. So what was your motivation when it's when you started doing that kind of stuff. Okay, to answer that question, we need to understand the life cycle of an artist. Most artists I know, or those that want to do well as artists, want to eventually monetize and be able to have a career. Um, they want to be able to sell their music. They want to be able to sing their music. They want to be popular, basically. Yeah. Um, most artists that I know. So I firmly believe, based on that, there are different tranches or I won't say tranches but different times for different things mm. so as an artist starting out you want to play as many shows as you can you know develop yourself and stuff like that I, I'm not sure I'm going, I'm answering your question directly but I hope you can uh, you can get it from, from what I'm trying to say because I don't have a direct answer to, to what you're saying I'm also not sure why, why some ex just get booked more than others okay yeah but back to my answer uh, you know you start playing shows you know gigging you know getting the odd conversation once in a while and then you get better and then you ask yourself, hey, I should, should I be playing as many shows as I can? Or should I just be saving my performance for the best opportunities? Mm. 
Like that's from an artist's point of view, right? And then you like depending on what the market is like, you know, I might get booked, I might not get booked, but I want to make sure that if I do get booked, it's going to be a powerful performance that people I cannot be too available to people as well because if that's the case, then there needs to be some form of how should I say? Uh, you know, when you get booked, right? People are like, okay, you know, what? I I know I'm getting I'm I'm booking this artist for for a reason. So if you're constantly getting booked and and you're not saying no, then it might be a good thing, it might be a bad thing depending on where you are. From organizer's point of view, you you might be starting you know booking these style of acts that are not that good yet to support them saying hey i'm giving you an opportunity to rehearse i'm giving you an opportunity to show your best self put your best foot forward so you can rehearse all you want and really really some 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 bands they see as an opportunity some bands okay i just play oh, just play because free. it's an opportunity just do law but some mm. some some acts they see it and say hey, you know what I'm going to take this one step further. I'm really going to rehearse. I'm really going to write really, really, really make everything proper. You know, our, our run-ins, our transitions, you know, what, what have you. It's going to be a proper show. You know, that our set is going to be awesome. Because of that, we're going to get booked. So, you know, um, organizers give that kind of opportunity. And then for me, because I'm an artist manager, I realize I cannot always book my ex for certain shows. Because of Perception And Because The eventuality For my artist Is to eventually Play a show Whereby they can Earn a lot from it Because it's their career Yeah So The mindset for me At least as an artist manager Is okay you know I might have Organised shows In the past for this As a developer But now my artist Needs to earn money For a career So if I'm organising A show for him or her Or them It needs to be lucrative He They Them She Needs to be able To sell tickets Yeah and therein lies that discussion, right? I mean, and then you've got all these big guys like Lance Nation and AG, they're doing that because they're doing it for the big artists who have really done their time developing themselves already. Yeah. So they are that echelon where anybody can say, okay, let's earn money from that, yeah. you know? And yeah. then Blackpink might have been doing shows and they might have been doing a show at SS2 or whatever, or we never know. They might have been doing those kind of shows back in the beginning too, you know? Yeah. It's a different perspective to have. Yeah. Why are you doing this show at this level? Well, commercially viable the artist is able to monetize the artist is able to say I, I can sell tickets promoter says hey I, I, I want to be able to develop the artist further it's still development but it's a different kind of development already yep. um, the more shows an artist plays at that level means it's a great thing it's huge portfolio yep. uh, even bigger right yeah I mean it ma- makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense you know like at different stages in an artist's career yeah. you know you and especially if you are the one organizing a show yeah. for the artist yeah, you yeah. know I guess the, the motivation is different yeah. but then you know you have like major festivals like yeah. like, like organized by Live Nation or yeah, like you yeah, know LAMC yeah, yeah, and yeah, all, yeah. all these obviously these are public festivals right yeah. public festivals it's ticketed you know for example like Good Vibes you know high tickets you know expensive tickets and um, you know you got a, an array <clears> of, of artists uh, international ones you know but then you always get like a few local ones lah, and then they get booked and they, they play at like the first and second slot you mm. know so my question is how come or why do these people you know like what what is their their goal lah, you know I guess <clears throat> At the end of the day, you you probably already answered it. You know, it's to make money. Uh. major music festival. No, no, it's true. I mean, money. festivals they sell alcohol, they sell merch. It's really about brand placement. It's really a lot about. I mean, yes, they want to sell. They want to sell tickets. They want to put on the best acts. But some festivals, some promoters, they see, hey, you know what? I can add a development angle there by giving chances to local artists, right? And or or original acts that they don't really get that much airplay or what. And they see the talent. They say, hey, my, I'm going to give you an opportunity. It goes back to the opportunity. 
identity again. Yeah. Gotta give you an option. What are you gonna do with it? That's true. Let's maybe change the perspective and say, what are you gonna do with this opportunity? I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you this opening slot at mm. Urbanscapes. 3 30 pm. What are you gonna do? Oh, 3 30 only. Ah. Mm. How so early? That is not the perspective you should have. Right. It should be, what can I do to make my performance the yeah. best it can be? Yeah. Even though it's 3.30. Correct, correct. Or 2.30 or 1.30, whatever time slot you get. Right? That's true, <coughs> that's true. Yeah, I I think festivals and like events or yeah. gigs here, earlier on I mentioned, you know, yeah. I think even it, the audience are yeah. also saying that, oh, you know, how come, uh, you know, it's always the same acts right. that gets booked all the time. So as the audience, they are also, you know, bored. Like, ah, yeah, you know, it's the same artist again. Right. You know, hmm. So it goes back to the organizer as well. Like, you know, as an organizer, you know, like, are right. you organizing because you like the band yeah. or are you organizing because you feel that it's helping the band or if it's helping the scene or it's if or if you're creating more opportunities. You know, for example, like like all my shows, you know, when I was organizing shows, mm. you know, at Laundry and even at the B and stuff, you know, they've they've never been skewed to a certain genre or, you know, a certain group of people. Mm, mm. You know, it has always been mixed. You know, I would have like a hardcore act with an R and B act yes, and I remember an that. Yes, act. You yes, know, it's, yes. it's always it's always been like that. In and I've never been one to, you know, say, okay lah, you know, I only like you so I always book you. you you know, I think even though I like certain bands, you know, I would still have them go in a cycle. You know, yeah. I learned that from Reza. You know, yeah. so Reza is an organizer. Yeah, Reza Saleh, right? Yeah, because I remember when I when I was uh, or I used to play at his shows. You know, and then and then he would tell me, oh, you know, hey, you need to wait your turn lah. You know, the next cycle lah. So I think by doing that, you know, it also taught me a lesson. You know, as an artist, okay, now there's there's an opportunity for me to improve myself before the next one. Mm. But it also gave me the opportunity to think outside of the box. You know to see how else I can play other shows mm. you know but that is from an artist's point of view right so but yeah. as an organizer my goal has always been to help everybody you know create more opportunities for everybody and it's never really been about the money it, it has never been about the money you know yeah. and even up to to what I'm doing with this podcast and you know with my radio show you know it's always been to help and nurture the artist and the scene yeah. you know so therefore you know the question I guess you know in this sense yeah. right now it's still not answered whether it's Okay. You know, it's for money or Okay, here here's the thing, right? So everyone has taste. Yeah. Okay, and everyone has oh, oh, what they like, what they dislike, right? And again bringing back to the talk about where you where you are in the life cycle. So for me, I did organize a lot from an artist development point of view in the beginning. I personally haven't organized festivals. I've done shows, ticketed shows for acts who are touring. So in that sense, I can understand it from that perspective in terms of yeah. selling tickets for an act. Yeah. From a festival point of view, uh, now that's totally different. Really. Yeah. I, I can understand why certain, and I don't want to speak for anyone in particular, but why certain promoters, festival promoters, you know, festival organizers want to book a certain act continuously. Taste. And they might draw a crowd as well because it's all about numbers at that point in time. Yeah. Some some promoters I know or some festival organizers that I, I know and there are a couple do give new acts a chance. Mm. But those acts need to have caused some buzz already. Mm. Because when you're at that kind of level, you're, you're you're dealing with brands, you're dealing with huge things, you're dealing with with big names already, you know, and whatever you add to the lineup affects the entire curatorial experience mm. by the organizer so sometimes it's a, a question between should I give one artist who I've never heard before the chance to perform on stage or should I give a, maybe a more experienced slightly more experienced artist who has some fans already to grow them more it could be that perspective mm. 
maybe the life cycle will be maybe the act maybe not this year maybe another two or three years you never know but that shouldn't stop X from trying because that really is the 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 excitement in in in, in the industry to always try to always push forward. I can't give you a, a, a simple reason as to as to why. Yeah. You know, but um because I haven't been in that position particularly. I haven't been a festival organizer who's brought in love or you know that kind of stuff. Mm. But I can see their motivations. Yeah. But I don't want to assume. Yeah. Um, yeah you're right. Yeah. So I I can understand like you know there's thousand there's so many. You know, a uh, cauldron uh, uh, of talent. Everyone just wants to get their name there and to be on that lineup. But unfortunately, our organizer only has such. And in the end, there are so many factors that they have to think about when they have to organize festival. How is this going to affect the lineup? How is this going to affect the audience experience? How is this going to affect this? How is this performance on this stage affect the other performance on their stage? You know, there comes so mm. many things, and and so many things. You know, it has to be taken into account, uh, basically. So yeah. all I can say is keep trying, man. <laughs> Keep trying, keep at it. You know, don't give up. Yeah, that's that's good advice, man. And I and I think you know there is no straight answer. You know, but if you are a young organizer and and you are thinking about organizing shows, you know, get your your motivations at the right place. You mm. know, have your have right intentions, good intentions. You know, because I think just like how Dex started off, you know, at Bay Beats and Scape, you know, it's creating opportunities for people. And just like how my I started and I continue to still do that. I mean, I haven't organized a show in a while, but you know, Maybe the you the should. goal the goal is really you know to harness talent and to yeah. create an industry or you know an ecosystem yeah. that yeah. is self sustaining. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you know it's always about the talent first and then the money part later lah. so that's that's me you know but I guess you know if you're an organizer whatever your motivations may be at least you know give young talent an opportunity as well so I think that's that's yeah. what one of the things that I wanted to say lah. I mean I agree with what you said Darren but then you need to also see right now and look at the current times there are a lot more festivals now than there were five years ago yeah so if you compare it in terms of the opportunity per festival there are a lot more opportunities now and we are looking a lot more Asian artists being showcased mm. so that to me is a win yeah. even though sure they might be bigger but it starts somewhere you see yeah. last time we were like hey where are the Asian artists mm. you know where I cannot see I can't see I can't see I can't see okay maybe one right at the bottom now they are showcased Mm. You know, I think it, it it's really about the ball rolling, you know, and, and, mm. and getting bigger. And pretty soon, I tell you, you know, if you keep trying, you know, don't give up. Really, I feel that you know, you keep at it, and, and you you really see more eggs on the bill, lah. I I really feel so. And as an organizer, for me, right now, even back then or so, it was really yes, you're right. Even back then, it was really given everybody a slot, thirty minute slot, just to perform and everything, regardless of genre. Yes, mm. back at that time, it was that for me. Now uh, it was really about maximizing the opportunities for my artists. Correct. So I had to change my hats. <laughs> yeah. And it was difficult because you know, in a sense, you were mother to all. You're like, hey, all in conversing. Hey, yeah. I want to yeah. be. A f-. And then suddenly you you be, you have vested interest. Yeah. Which which kind of I had I, I it was a mindset change for me as an organizer mm. if you think about it that way. But then you have to because as again back to the back to the, my my example of a life cycle. You start out like that, you know, you want to get as much exposure as possible, and then you get to a point whereby as an artist you need to pick your battles. Yeah, and then hopefully you're a black pink or I mean look. Not everybody's a Blackpink, not everybody is a John Mayer, not everybody, you know, but that's essentially what you want to hope to get to, uh, yeah. you know. And then then your perspective will have changed by then as well as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Cool. 
So yeah, um, I think we're going to wrap this up. You know, um, Dex, thank you so much for you know coming onto the show yeah. and hanging out at my place. <laughs> Always love it. Hello, <laughs> uh, um, papas. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, if you're an artist, you know, I hope this has been beneficial for you. And if you're an organizer listening in, you know, I, I hope that this has been you know an eye opener, or at least you know maybe serves as like some kind of confirmation for you as well. I look forward to seeing you guys on stage soon. You know, especially the new artists who are tuning in and. Um, um, hopefully we'll be able to do more things together and uh, I've got one more episode left for season 3 and um, you know when season 4 comes back I believe you know it'll be more power packed and you know I'll be interviewing and talking to more people on the show so my name is Darren from the band An Honest Mistake and this is the Rockstars Guide to Surviving the Malaysian Music Industry I'll see you guys again real soon <laughs>